You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Welcome to the scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz. I had to fill in for Daniel. You did a great job. Making a noise that I think was probably more intense, longer, and better than most of the noises that Daniel <laughs> makes to open the show. <laughs> Daniel is not with us today. We lost him. We don't. We actually don't know where he is. Um, if you've it's seen an him, undisclosed location. If you've seen him, please let us know. We've started hanging missing man posters <laughs> up all over. Just kidding. Daniel's out on paternity leave. He'll be he'll be taking a little break. Is it? I thought he was out on maternity leave. You know, it's really funny that you said that because I was thinking that I had a friend <laughs> a long time ago. I had a friend who was taking paternity, which actually at work we just call it FMLA. Family medical leave. Yeah, because we need an acronym. For but it. I kept calling it maternity leave, and it really bothered him. But I wasn't doing it on purpose. Like in my mind, I had it was like it was maternity leave, and he was like, "It's not maternity leave." So anyway, I am a man. Yeah, I'm forty. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, Daniel is off today, so you're stuck with me, Justin Domashevitz, and our trusty producer, the best podcast producer in the business, Andrew Gross. That's my title. We got some topics today. We're going to talk about some stuff we really threw this show <laughs> together in a minute because this week has been a hurricane on top of a tornado mixed in a tsunami yeah so with maternity leave we're included. gonna yeah with with <laughs> maternity leave and we're gonna do the best we can we're gonna start off with a very well prepared two minute drill let's go let's go let's go hello gotta hurry gotta hurry gotta hurry hey two minute situation 44 seconds hand the ball around gun duel right gun duel right three jet buckeye don't worry three. the two minute drill starts now Andrew, what is your favorite color and why? Green. Forests are green. Justin, what kind of food is best? Well, I love ice cream and bacon, but I think it's definitely got to be some kind of beef. Maybe a really perfectly prepared ribeye or prime rib. That'd be the way to go. Light on the seasoning, but definitely some salt mixed in there. Some kind of beef. Andrew, if you had to eliminate one sport from the world, which one would you get rid of? Ah. Curling? No, curling's a great sport. Rugby? Which one? Lacrosse. Okay. Justin, if you could have any animal as a pet, which one would you choose? I would choose a sloth because no matter what, I wouldn't have to worry about it running away from me. Are you sure a sloth couldn't outrun you? (laughs) Hey, whoa, hey, whoa. (laughs) Well, are you sure that you could outjump a sloth? Because I'm not sure that you could. (laughs) I, I don't know shots. why I'd try. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, actually, yeah. Andrew, because this was something I was thinking of today. It's a question about how long it took me to come up with the word lacrosse. No. I knew the sport I wanted to say. <laughs> I couldn't it? remember what it was called. I thought you were running through sports in your head. Like, no. which one would I get rid of? No, I, I said lacrosse because uh, lacrosse and rugby have sort of a historical enmity at WSU. And I think at a lot of, of places because <laughs> they compete... The clubs always are competing for like sp- practice space and stuff gotcha. like that. So. See, I feel like I should have figured out. Who messed out. up the vans? Well, that was a lacrosse team. Yeah. Honest. Those guys. Terrible. I, I feel like I should have figured that out when you went, 
oh, and then had a blank <laughs> stare on your face. And I was like, wait, did, did he not see this question before we started? Anyway. <laughs> I did. But the I question did. I have for you is it's actually about tardiness. Okay. So what I want to know for you is how many minutes will you have to be late for something before you text the person to say, hey, I'm going to be late? Because like, I, I know that... Uh, just our podcast here is not probably the best example because at on any given day we're all different amounts of time late like famously there was the one day when your car broke down and <laughs> you strolled in here looking like pig pen fell down the stairs half hour late it was an incredible catastrophe the whole show was a train wreck after that but today i texted you because i realized i was going to be about 10 minutes late and I think for me that's about the cutoff. Like it's if it's a if it's gonna be ten minutes or more, I'm gonna text to say, hey, I'm gonna be late. But if I'm gonna be eight minutes late, I'm probably just gonna roll with it. it for me, it depends a lot on the situation. If if it's a graduation party, I'm not even gonna mention it. I'm just gonna show up two hours late to a four hour long graduation party mm-hmm. and not not worry about that's it. That's just called making an entrance. Right. <laughs> But if it's if it's something, especially if it's something where a small group of people are are like like, hey, we're gonna do this thing at this time, I'll probably text even if I'm gonna be there at the time instead of early. You know, like if we're if I'm going hunting with my dad and we're leaving at five thirty in the morning and I oversleep my alarm and I am not leaving my house until five twenty, I'm gonna text him and be like, hey, I just left my house. I'm gonna be like rolling in right in, like you know. So it, to me, it's there's a lot of of uh wiggle room depending on on the the basically the number of people involved and how time sensitive what we're doing is okay all right that was a very thoughtful answer for the show i if if i'm going to be 10 minutes late i'm not going to worry about it because i usually show up before you guys anyway that's true um and my mic i I, i'm here earlier anyway so i'm usually targeting earlier when i'm here way late obviously i don't tell anyone i usually (laughs) I usually plan to be here roughly two to four minutes late because <laughs> I think typically there's like Daniel's late a lot. Okay. Yeah. But, he, but it's he's not doing the most before that, the show. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. I don't think it's because Daniel is a typically late or unreliable person. I think it's because he is the one who on a Sunday is always doing stuff and then like his whole week is crazy because of work and all this other stuff before that. And so Sunday is a scramble and then he's trying to get extra sleep in on the weekends and he fails at it. And then he ends up showing up like nine minutes late in a panic, having forgotten the one chord that we need to be able to do the show. Um, But I, yeah, I think it's probably just this, this setting with the three of us, the three best friends that anyone could have um, that maybe just, you know, makes it feel a little more casual. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yep. I watched The Hangover last night, so I've got <laughs> I that. Figured. So I've got that. Zach Galifianakis. We're the three best friends that anybody could have. It's <laughs> so funny. Anyway, <laughs> do you have a strong opinion on the what kind of food is best? Question. I thought that you got too specific. Okay. With the, with your answer, just in the spirit of the two minute drill, I kind of thought you ran out of time on the clock. Oh. And yeah. probably. Ended up going, I thought we had another down. <laughs> Tom Brady uh, style. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I, I, I thought you should have just went with meat, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, oh, so not even beef specifically, yeah, but just, just meat. meat. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> but, but I liked your answer, honestly. Like a good, a really well-prepared steak dinner with potatoes, some kind of roast vegetable. 
is how do you feel about prime my rib favorite. as opposed to a good steak? Because I've heard opinions on both sides. Some people say prime rib is the ultimate beef, but some people think that a really well prepared steak, and it has to be a, it has to be a certain cut. Because obviously, like a ribeye is really good because that's the cut that comes really close to the bone. Yeah, and always the meat closer to the bone is going to be more tender. Yeah. And I to me, I prefer the steak, but it, it's it's deeper than the just the taste because the barbecuing the steak the whole ritual of of cooking the steak putting everything together is uh is what sets it above for yeah. me mm-hmm. um the as process, far as as far process. as the greatest single like if i have to have a slice of meat yeah just by itself probably prime rib yeah when when you're eating prime rib too like there's a strategy to how you eat it because you have to <laughs> like you the fat is kind of in certain spots right, and right, you want right. to mix the fat into your bite oh, yeah, so absolutely. sometimes you'll be saving fat off of certain yep, cuts yep. and then you know so that see eating prime rib to me there's a strategy <laughs> and an adventure in that on its own that's a good point and then, and then you like are you a potato dipper do you dip your meat in in your potatoes i I would not call it dipping, but I do mix the Schmooshing? potato, potato and meat. Like there's, yeah. there's potato on the fork and and meat on the fork. Together. What if it, what yeah. if it's mashed? So that's what I had in my mind. I see. I like to take a like a. I still wouldn't call it dipping. I'm a real meat and potatoes feel... kind of guy. I would take my meat on the fork and then like swirl it around in the potatoes to get like a scoop of potatoes on it. Yeah, something like yes. Okay. That's how I would do it. Okay, which it, I'm probably just picking. Splitting hairs, but uh, to me, dipping is something I do with a sauce with some uh, with a finger food, and mm-hmm. I, steak's not a finger food unless you're camping. That's true. <laughs> Although I was li- so there's a podcast I listen to called The Levitard Show, and they have a producer on there who's a woman. Her name's Jessica Smetana, and she admitted on the podcast a couple weeks ago that she hates knives and thinks knives are a waste of time and the way she eats meat like regardless of whether it's chicken or a steak or whatever is she just picks it up with her hands and just tears into it with her teeth because she thinks her teeth are a much more um, efficient way to cut and eat your meat like isn't that what teeth are designed for spoken like someone who doesn't have to worry about getting stuff all over her beard (laughs) that's so true true. the longer my beard gets the more difficult (laughs) i get the more i appreciate utensils yeah well this has been really fun but it's time for my favorite part of the show hey wait what Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter time for stump andrew Oh, what? No. We're going to stump the producer. That shouldn't be difficult. And because I did an excellent job of preparing, (laughs) I have some Lord of the Rings trivia for you. Oh, no. Andrew, Lord of the Rings trivia. This is this is about the movies or from about a quiz the on BuzzFeed, and we're gonna do it together. The joke is Justin doesn't know the difference. Uh, well, I have the answers in front. Of, wait, what is what is books? <laughs> what is book? We had so uh, you guys really let me off the hook, and I last week, and I know that this was because Daniel was so distracted by the way we were sideswiping Mariana Rivera at every time because <laughs> we were he doing was the spending literally every second you were talking. <laughs> Searching for another way to sideswipe Mariana Rivera. So when we were doing mailbag, if anyone besides Daniel was talking, he was just reading his computer. So when we answered the question of whether you read the book first or watch the movie first, I didn't have to answer because the truth of the matter is I haven't read a book, like an actual book, probably since I was a teenager. Like... 
I've I do lots of reading on the internet. I'll read articles and yeah. stuff, but like a book, especially a fiction book, I've read portions of like biographies and autobiographies, but never a whole thing. Um, yeah. But I, I have not read a fiction book in a billion years. So that would have been my answer is what the heck is a book? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks for letting me off the hook. And now I just threw myself under the bus. Question number one in Somebody Stump has to Andrew. Yeah. And Daniel's not here. <laughs> and I, forgive me if I pro- pronounce some of these things incorrectly. I'm not going to forgive you. What are Durin's folk more commonly known as? Is it hobbits from outside the Shire? It's dwarves. Dwarves? Is correct. You're one for one. <laughs> what was the bridge of Kazad Doom? Kazad? The bridge of Kazad Doom? Kazad Doom. Probably. Is it, is it the bridge over Brandywine River? Mark? No, 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 no. It's the bridge in the Mines of Moria that Gandalf confronts the Balrog over. Okay. That was. Actually, answer number D, the bridge inside the Great Gates of Moria where Gandalf faced the Balrog. You got so much of that without me even giving you that as an option. (laughs) Also, Balrog is a really funny word. And you're correct. Two for two. Oh, boy. Next question. What kind of creatures are the spawn of Ungoliant? Are they hill giants? Are they Uruk-hai? Are they giant spiders? They're They're giant spiders. Uh... I can't correct your pronunciation. I'm so bad at Ungoliant. But she was a super evil spider monster in the depths of time. Ungoliant. Yes. Spider monsters. So you're 100% still. Pretty sure. Oh, wait. Yeah. I'm beginning to. I was like 99% on that. (laughs) Maybe this BuzzFeed article is not quite as difficult. This BuzzFeed quiz is not quite as difficult as I thought. Which of these is not a public inn in Middle Earth? The Old Guest House, The Green Dragon, The Prancing Pony, or The Southern Star? Which of these is not a public inn in Middle-earth? Do you need the options again? No. Is it the... Well, actually, yeah. What was the first... The, the Old uh, Guest the old, House. The Old Guest House. Is, you think that's I think, what it is? I think that is what it is. Oh, you got your first wrong oh, one. Gosh. The Old it's Guest the, House it's is... the Southern Star, then? It's the Southern Star. I, I couldn't remember either of those. The Prancing the other, Pony? The Prancing Pony is obviously... The it's the, How did the I pub where that? the whole the whole thing starts. Oh. The Green Dragon. The Green Dragon is the pub in Hobbiton. Well, you got your first one wrong, so congratulations. Terrible. Who participated? Where is Old Guest House? I feel like that's a movie thing. I'm joking. It probably isn't. <laughs> it's probably just me missing something, and then rationalizing it. It's terrible. Who participated in the Battle of Isengard? Was it? Saruman's forces versus King Theodon's Rorim Hirim Rim? Sauron's forces versus the Ents? Orcs of Dal Guldur versus Gal Hardim of Loth Lorene? Or the forces of Dark This is so many words I can't pronounce. The, the forces of Dark great Lord fun watching you try. Dark Lord Sauron versus the forces of Gondor. Which one is it, Andrew? Uh it's the one with the Ents. That is correct. <laughs> How many have you gotten right? Let's see. All of them. We got Every one single wrong. one. Yeah, I don't one, remember that. Two, three, four oh, correct hey. and one wrong. Okay. When you're asking me questions, I forget to uh, set it on There's repeat. 20 questions, but I don't think we'll do all of them. Oh, okay. We are four for five. Let's go to 10. Let's, okay. We'll grade it like a quiz. Okay. So you could still get an A minus. Which of these weapons was not found in the troll's cave? 
Orchist of Goblin Cleaver? Orchist of Probably, Goblin Cleaver? Is it of or the? Or Should the, be the Goblin, goblin Cleaver. Of the same thing. Oh, yeah. Orchist the Goblin Cleaver? Glamdring? The Foe Hammer? Sting? Or Angrist? Angrist. Angrist is correct. You are five for six. <laughs> the most fun part of this so far that I did not predict was how many really hard words to pronounce there are because I'm not lying when I say I didn't even look at any of the questions until we started this and people who don't like Lord of the Rings are so bored right now who was Eleanor Gardner also known as Eleanor the Fair was she the daughter of Samwise Gammy and Rosie Cotton Gamgee 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 was she the queen of Mirkwood and mother of Legoland? Legolas. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> One of the nine humans who was given the ring of uh, given a ring of power, or the wife of Bard and Bowman of Lake Town. Could you read the original name again? Eleanor Gardner, also known as Eleanor the Fair. Yeah, I believe that was a daughter of Samwise Gamgee. Daughter of Samwise is correct. You're seven for eight. Two more. If you get them both, you can get an A minus, which, I don't know. Coog zone? You get them both, you get the Coog zone, I think. Okay, okay. okay. What did Aragorn, Imrakil, Gandalf, Eomer, Aladdin, and Elorkir decide during the last debate? Did they decide who to... Who, and I got all those names right, I'm sure. Yeah. This, uh, there's two things working against me here. One is, I don't know these names. The other thing is, they're written in, like, an old English text. So some of the letters, like, the A and the H and the R look really similar. Or di yeah, Anyway. So, did they decide who to send to destroy the Ring of Power? Who would lead the White Council? And Gandalf was elected but declined, so Saruman took over. Did they decide the number of soldiers to send to fight Sauron in the Battle of Moranon, or how to punish the newly risen Uruk Hai? Could you uh, read the question again, please? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. What did Aragorn, Imrakil, 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 Gandalf, Eomer, Aladon, and Elrahir? Decide during the last debate. It's uh, who to send to destroy the ring. Who to send to destroy the ring of power is incorrect. I'm sorry. It's the number of soldiers to send to fight Sauron in the Battle of Moranon. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so you're seven I feel for stupid. nine. You should. Terrible guess. Terrible. Not guess. even close. You <laughs> and it couldn't have been because of the way I asked the question. It's all because you just didn't know. Actually, yeah, it couldn't have been that. Okay, so we I gotta, knew Eomer was there. We gotta have some steaks here. Not like the kind of steaks that you eat, like beef, but oh, you're dang seven it. for nine right now. You can't get the Coog zone. That would have been if you got nine for ten. I feel like if I lose this one too, that would definitely put me in the Coog zone. If you <laughs> No, the Coog zone is the Coog zone is reserved for when you're having a really, really I can make good those one. Jokes. I'm a Coog. You, when you have a really good one and then you blow it at the end in a devastating way. So if you yeah. had got like 10 correct and then you had been disqualified due to cheating or something. I'm not supposed to be cheating? No. Oh, okay. I haven't been. But, but there has to be, so there's got to be some <laughs> kind of penalty for missing this because right now you, you could get 8 for 10. You can't get the Coog zone. 
If you miss it, I think that's Husky Zone. I think your 7 for 10 is Husky Zone, but what would be in the middle for you? What's very neutral? Neutral. What's a team that you couldn't... What's the team you most medium care about? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Okay, you could be in the Zag Zone if you get this right. <laughs> that's actually probably pretty accurate. Okay. <laughs> what Cinderin word was Aragorn known by when he was a child? Estelle, meaning hope or trust. Amdir, meaning looking up. Euluin, meaning blue lake. Or Muriel, meaning sparkling like jewels. Oh, he's stumped. Could you read the first one again? Estelle, meaning... I believe that's the one. Okay, this is all, it all comes down to it this. all comes down to Are this. Are you a husky or a zag? You're a zag! It is Good. Estelle! Good job! 8 for 10. Andrew, <laughs> you, we're not going to go through the rest of the quiz, but uh, you have successfully entered the Zaga Zone, which means if you have a lot of talent in any given season, you can make it to the championship game, but never win it. Never win it. Sorry about that. Probably what we have to look forward to this season for Gonzaga basketball is another championship game loss with a lot of talent on the team. <sighs> Stop it. Okay. Stop it. Okay, now You're we just got... bitter that you lost your coach. <laughs> no. We got another That coach. was an overreaction. <laughs> well, let's go into a little bit of Mariners. We we're gonna do we're gonna talk about Russell Wilson in his press conference later. I'm gonna almost knock my microphone over as I just did. But I figured we should talk a little bit about what happened with the Mariners this week. The big story here is that Kellenic was sent down. Um, we talked about this last week that, you know, hey, it's probably time. There's lots of opinions on when the right time was and how long it was. But basically, a little rundown of what Kellenic did. He, he hit really well in his second game. Three hits, one home run, two doubles. And then almost immediately after that, he fell into a big slump. Two for 29. Had another couple of good games. Then went into a massive slump, like bordering on a historic slump going 0 for 37. That would have been nine at-bats, I believe, from tying the second longest 0 for streak in MLB history. And the Mariners decided, hey, now is the time. We're going to send him down, probably for a month. Kellenick's major league line, and he ended up in that first little stint batting 0-96, with a 185 on base percentage and a 193, let's see, what would the third one be? Would that be uh, OPS? No, that wouldn't be OPS. Anyway, whatever it is. In 92 plate appearances, he batted 096. And he did have some walks, but on base was still only 185. So not a good performance by Kalanick. Andrew, do you have an inclination or did you hear anything about how long you think Kellenic might stay down? I think we were speculating it would be roughly a month. Yeah, it sounds like they want to have I I don't know where this I saw this, so uh -huh. I don't don't quote me specifically. I believe I heard that Depoto was saying that after the All-Star break, he was hoping yeah. to have the majority of the quote future yes. Mariners on the squad playing together. Um so that would include Kellenic and uh Evan White. Evan White, but I don't know that to me that seems kind of like almost just kind of like hey, it'd be nice if because um, I think so much of the, that, I mean, Evan White's just started his 
rehab stint and i think he started it by getting scratched his first day he was eligible Mm -hmm. so who knows how that's going i think there's a lot of unknown i think kellenic might be down for a little bit like i think it might be i i wouldn't be surprised as a non-expert obviously this is not an expert opinion i would not be surprised if he came up at the end of the season for like the last month and a half or so well the one month timeline that we were kind of thinking of uh lines up pretty well actually with the all-star break because right. we are exactly one month now from the all-star game so if they decided to wait until after the all-star break and then bring those guys back up and, and i don't think we'll see julio rodriguez just based on what I, we were talking about with daniel over the last couple months it sounds like we probably won't see julio rodriguez until at least next season because he's really young um, even though he's probably going to be a future of the organization kind of a guy. But I think when DePoto was talking about that, he was really specifically saying, hey, Tramel's going to be up here. We're really happy with the way Jake Fraley is playing. But also, we're going to have Kellenic, we're going to have Evan White back up, and then down the stretch run. And I think it's a signal that just the Mariners are deciding, okay, well, we had a little stretch of the season where we thought we might be competitive, they're they're now hitting a stretch where I think they're realizing we're really not that competitive. They're about four games under 500, and they haven't won a series since the end of last month. They've tied one and lost three, I believe. So they're starting to kind of come to grips with who they are as a team and where they are in the rebuild, which probably means that a month from now, after the All-Star break comes back, we're going to see a lineup that hopefully will make some developmental moves but that will include Jared Kalanick, that will include Taylor Trammell, that will include Evan White, we'll have Gilbert in the rotation, we'll have Marco in the rotation, and we'll just see what these guys can do in preparation for the next year. Um, I think another thing that's notable is that in we're recording on Sunday, and in Sunday's game, Mitch Hanniger left the game with a left knee contusion. He fouled a ball off of his knee, and man, if you know the injury history of this guy, he has just... He's been a really good player. He's been the Mariners' best player this year. And he was pretty good before he got hurt last time, but he's missed so much time due to injury. So as we've talked about what's in store for the future of the Mariners, there's always a couple of names that are going to come up as, hey, are these guys still going to be with you when you're reaching the peak of your rebuild? Like if next year you're starting to push for playoffs and the year after that you're hoping that, hey, maybe we could push for a World Series appearance – is Mitch Hanniger still going to be here? And is Kyle Seeger still going to be here? So I'll be curious to see what the Mariners do at the trade deadline. Now that they've kind of, I feel like Jerry DePoto saying, hey, around the All-Star break, that's when we're hoping to see this future lineup. They're kind of waving the white flag that, hey, you know, we thought maybe we could compete this season and now we can't. So would you be surprised, Andrew, if you saw some combination of Mitch Hanniger I mean, assuming he comes back and can play some combination of Mitch Hanniger or Kyle Seeger dealt at the trade deadline. That wouldn't surprise me at all. It'd make me kind of sad because mm-hmm. I, I like both players. I, it, it probably is, would be for the best, mm-hmm. but I also am like, when I think about that, I worry about how much, 
chaos that will cause among fans and yeah. sports media. Well, even when Cano than, got traded, there was yeah. fan chaos, and that yeah. was like Cano was obviously over the hill, and they made us they fleeced the Mets in getting him by by getting <laughs> by getting Kellenic in that trade. But still, yeah, you know, fans don't like to see the star players go. Yeah, yeah, and the the casual Mariners fans are not aware that there is reason to feel differently about this ownership group because it's a different ownership group than we they've had for decades and decades. And so they see names that they know leaving and they're like, great, they're just saving money to be mediocre, (laughs) mediocre. No, you pronounced it Mediocre. the same. You followed my lead with how I pronounced the Lord of the Rings characters. I, I, by, yeah. I think I started saying mediocrity and then <laughs> switched. Yeah. And I think it's notable, too, that uh, the the situation with Seeger and Hanniger, it's really different. Like, Hanniger is still young. He still is uh, – he's on his rookie yeah. deal. He's just been injured so much. Hanniger, I would – I would understand like I like I'll understand if they deal him. I I will be sad to see him go though. Yeah. I think he still has like you can make really good arguments that he would be a great piece to keep. I completely agree and I think the difficulty with Haniger is that the Mariners will be at a point where they're going to have to decide if they want to pay him or not. Yeah. Because I believe he's on his last year of arbitration next year, which means he could be a free agent at that point. And should you deal him while you could still potentially get something in return? Or since he's still only in like his mid to late 20s, you know, do you want to make him the centerpiece of the next five years? Like, do you think he has a chance to be one of your two or three best players in your lineup? And he's pretty much that now. Well, he is, but you also have young guys who are (laughs) developing that you hope are better. better. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the situation with Seeger, I mean, he's 33. Yeah. And he's still good, but his productivity has declined. Like he's not in his prime anymore. And how many more years of it are you going to have? The thing with Seager is that right now he's not with the rest of the team. Like the rest of the team is a young group. That's going to be good in the future. And Seager Mm -hmm. is an older player who was good in the past. And it stinks for fans because we would love to see him retire as a Mariner. Yeah. But it also would make sense if the Mariners can get something of value from him. And and honestly, from a fan perspective, if you love Seager, it'd be cool to see Seager go to a contending team. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing Seager get traded for to, to a, a team that's going to be in the playoffs so he can see the playoffs for a couple of years before he retires. Well, I would be sad to see him go, not only because he is... On the on the list on the short list of best Mariners we've had over the last you know twenty five years Absolutely. or so. Absolutely. Um, you know Daniel had mentioned last week maybe on the list of greatest Mariners of all time. Not saying not saying how long the list is. Like is it ten or is it fifteen? Something like that. Yeah, yeah like, I think he's been around a long time. He's been extremely productive. He I won't say he came out of nowhere, but he was not expected to be as good as he was, and he yeah, was and excellent. He's been, he's been an absolutely rock solid yeah. Mariner. And a good dude, for, yeah, good community for, guy for uh, how long now? Well, he's 30, for a probably long, twelve years long or so. Time. Yeah, probably roughly. 12 I just or flashed three, to that scene in uh, <laughs> the Emperor's New Groove. Where oh yes, like I've served Your Majesty for many, <laughs> many years. It's such a good movie. That's a good, that's a great movie. That's one of the one of my favorite kids movies for sure. Uh, um, that's not a kids movie. 
What are you talking One about? One of my favorite cartoon <laughs> movies for sure. Um, but yeah, so with Seeger, I was like, I feel, I feel like of those two guys, the more likely to get dealt probably is Seeger. But I also think there could be, it depends on if you're the Mariners, like, are you ready to compete next year? Like, do you see, if you look at your roster right now, are you one year out or are you two years out? Is yeah. Seager going to be 34 and the veteran of your team and, and like a little one step further in the de- decline? Or is he going to be 35 and in his second step of the decline from this year? And I think his presence is valuable. He seems to be a valuable clubhouse guy. Everyone seems to like him. Yeah. Um, you know, a valuable mentor to the young guys. And you do need guys like that. But he's an expensive one. Yeah. And if you can get something for him now, I, I feel like... If Seager continues to play well this season, there's a pretty decent chance we could see him dealt before the trade line, deadline. And I'll be sad because, you yep. know, number one, I love him. And number two, he's a Tar Heel. But I'll... I try not to hold that against him. I, would under, I will understand <laughs> if the Mariners decide to go in that direction. Hanniger to me, is a different story because he's still so young and because he's shown that when he's healthy, he has been the last two long stretches that he's been healthy... And I say long stretch, you know, like 60 games or whatever. He's been really productive. Do you know anything about it other than a knee contusion? No, that was just, it took a while, actually. It was in the first inning. He fouled the ball off of his knee, and there was nothing for a while. And then I saw a tweet that said that okay. the Mariners officially released it as a knee contusion. Hopefully that's just what it says, and yeah. it's bruised, and he'll be back in a couple days. Yeah. Uh, it obviously makes me think about poor Kyle Lewis. I know it. Well, see, and that's another one. I think that uh, with this lineup that the Mariners want to see after the All-Star break, it's probably not going to include Kyle Lewis because it sounds like Kyle Lewis is going to be out for most or all of this season. Yeah, that's what it sounded like last time I heard Jerry Depote talking about it. Yeah. It it sounded like they were not going to rush him back. They were, he was going to have surgery probably. I think at that yeah. point it was probably, and then they were going to make sure he was absolutely rock solid before right. they, did we talk about this last week? Or is that something so. that happened this week? I yeah. Think yeah. So in last, case you don't yeah. know, Kyle Lewis Mariners uh, outfielder who was rookie of the year last year, had a meniscus tear. Um, and the initial report was that he was going to have surgery and miss at least most of the season. He was seeking a second opinion, but I think the Mariners wanted to make sure that they were extra cautious with him again, yeah. because they've already waved the white flag this season. Yeah. They're saying, Hey, you know, we understand we're not going to be a playoff. Com-. And I don't, and, I don't think that's a bad decision. And the way, yeah. And the way that Jerry DePoto talked about that, he's like, it, it's, it isn't even just, Oh, we're waving the white. It's, it's look, this guy's in the second years of yeah. the career that we're hoping lasts a really long time and takes him to a really high level in Seattle. We're not going to jeopardize that future that we believe he has by by allowing short term, you know, competing right now yeah. to, to interfere with that. I think that's the hard part for me through all of the like my BFS, my battered fan syndrome <laughs> of being a Mariners fan over the last 20 years has flared up quite a bit and I'm generally just scared. Like my yeah. my overwhelming feeling as a Mariners fan is I'm scared. I'm scared they're going to screw You're it up. I'm scared these guys aren't going to be as good. Next foot to drop. Exactly. And that's the and, problem with Kelnick. When, you... when Kelnick came up and wasn't amazing, which listen everyone, we did not expect Kelnick to come up and be amazing. Yeah. If he would have, that would have instantly put him in contention for greatest baseball player of all time because he had so few reps at the at yeah. the minor league level and the issue was that he had never ever failed in his life before yeah but at the plate Kellenick had never 
ever slumped, had ish, he never struggled. And before you work through that struggle, you don't know, like you don't, mm-hmm. the coaches don't know. So they were, they had to put him in a position they, they needed. They talked about this. This is why they were saying he needed more time at AAA because he had not struggled. They needed to see him. They need, they needed to get him in that position where he was struggling and allow him to work through it and coach him through that. So that's how he develops as yeah. a, a major league player. Well, and we know from Twitter that he already hit a home run since being back in Tacoma. Yeah, so. I was I was looking at that. He's uh he's not going like he's not hitting 400 or anything like that, but he is uh doing all right in like no, the last he's only like been four games or something. Days, yeah. yeah. So, he's got what uh 16 at bats and three hits. For so like not great. 302? 302? Not great. With a but, 326 you know, Better than uh, over average. Better than over yeah. 37. Well, yeah, and I just going back just a little bit to that that failure, we we saw Kellenic failing, mm-hmm. and that is a pause. Like, we, it, obviously, if you never saw him fail, yeah, he would be great. Right. But we expected to see that fail. So the fact that we have seen him fail now, and we've seen how he dealt with it, and he went a long time without making, he wasn't, even at the end, he was striking out more. But he still was walking. Yeah, like you, you're. He's still a baseball player, and he's not up there Zuninoing three pit three butt swings in a row and and walk back. Zunino tried to hit the ball with his butt, swinging from his butt. Oh, I believe. not swinging his butt into yeah. the ball. No, yeah, not into I, the ball. Opposite. I ball. think as I was mentioning my battered fan syndrome, the thing that is that is extra confusing here is that when I hear Jerry Depoto and Scott Service talk about the way they're approaching this, like, man, it all seems really measured, really calculated. I can't say that I disagree with the approach that they're taking. So like if this fails, then in a way I fail too, because I'm looking (laughs) at it going, I'm kind of in lockstep with most of what they've decided to do. I feel like, you know, we sit here in our chairs and pick apart everything that every team does. We pick apart Pete Carroll and John Schneider and, you know, try to come up with all the little mistakes that they've made. And with DePoto and uh, with Service also, but which actually Scott Service has been getting annihilated on Twitter by fans lately, I guess. I don't know. But with, with DePoto and Service, I generally feel like I, I'm i on the same page. I, I like where you guys are in the rebuild. So um, if it fails, then, you know, we all fail. Yeah. So yes. I, but I, I guess I'm just, I, I feel like a lot of people that batter fan syndrome kicks in hard because we see killing it come up with big, big yeah. expectations and fail and go back down. And everybody thinks about your favorite Tar Heel of all time. Oh, don't bring Ackley in. You don't need to bring <laughs> everybody Ackley thinks about Ackley, yeah. which is, it makes sense because that's, the last time this was happening yeah. when we this guy was going to be great he might be the best hitter in the draft yeah. blah 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 and then you know and it really is different for a lot of reasons most specifically because Ackley played a full college career like That's he true. played on a college yeah. world series level baseball team and was one of the best hitters in the country in college and had all those reps and i mean i think Hellenic's going to be fine well, it remains to be seen how great he can be but i think we 
I think we probably talked enough Mariners. We do have, we're going to get to poll results. We're going to do, I'm going to do an impromptu ranking of sauces because once again, I have skipped the preparation of doing a sports related <laughs> power ranking, but I'll have my power ranking of sauces and uh, we got a little bit of local sports and we'll wrap it up with mailbag. But first let's take a quick commercial break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. And thank you for joining us on The Scrimmage. The Scrimmage is brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. We're going to go through poll results. I'm Justin Domashevitz. I got my producer, Andrew Gross, who is laughing about something. I just here. realized where I saw that Jerry DePoto had said that. It's in the show notes. You put it there. That is where I read that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you let people behind the curtain, but I I was just going to let it slide. It's, it's fine. But oh. that, was on, uh, that was Jerry DePoto on his weekly um weekly appearance on Danny and Gallant. Oh, okay. And he just I didn't hear the whole thing but they were replaying some of the quotes and I heard little bits of what he said. So um yeah, but we're going to start by going over the poll results. This has been kind of fun lately. It'll be a little bit less fun without Daniel here because he tends to react to the I feel polls. like you should probably apologize. Apologize for the polls? For one specific poll. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. So uh first poll and these are the ones that I really wish Daniel was here for. But is Mariano Rivera the most overrated player in baseball history? Which, if you listen to last week's show, you know that every segment we took a couple minutes to sideswipe Mariano Rivera, spearheaded by Daniel, which was awesome. It was my favorite part of the show by far. Unfortunately, 67% of the audience did not agree that Mariano Rivera is the most overrated how many, player. How many votes was that? With 24 votes on that, that was one. 20, Francis made yeah. 24 Twitter accounts? <laughs> That is dedication. This was a bit... So, Francis, I'm not sorry. But... uh, (laughs) I'm impressed. Francis is a Yankee fan, and boy, was he mad after last (laughs) week's show. Because the funny thing about it is, uh, Daniel... I don't think Daniel knew, or maybe he had forgotten. I'm not sure. Didn't know that Francis was a Yankee fan. But I knew. (laughs) So, through the whole thing, I was just sitting there smiling like, this is really going to get Francis. Daniel had no idea. Um, but then the next poll question was, this is where Daniel escalated <laughs> from most overrated player in baseball history. Daniel said, Mariano Rivera is the most overrated, overrated athlete, athlete in the history of sports. Unfortunately, 61% of our audience did not agree with that. Wait, now, is that a lower percent? That's than... a lower percent than most overrated player in baseball history. Okay. Yeah. It's by, solid. lower by 6%. <laughs> the next question. Is LeBron James washed up? This is a big one for me because... Seems obvious. Last week in the two-minute drill, I said, no, LeBron James is not washed up. I want to see what he can do when he's healthy. Still dirty. Assuming he can get back healthy. Unfortunately for me, <laughs> 56% of the audience said, yes, LeBron James is washed up. Next question. Have you ever forgotten Calvin Johnson when naming all-time great wide receivers? Last week's This up, one's Daniel. not the one you need to... Daniel should have felt... It did and should feel bad for that one. If you missed it, last week we did a stat on Stump Daniel that was basically list all the greatest receivers of this era and the era previous. And Daniel forgot about Calvin Johnson. 
Well, 67% of the audience said, no, they've never forgotten Calvin Johnson when listening. <laughs> and so, okay, so here's the next thing that's really funny. I, in the process of posting all these polls, I did a, <laughs> I did a really old guy thing. And if you listen to last week's show with me trying to do a TikTok at the end, I've never sounded so old in my life. I was like, oh, Daniel, I'm going to do a TikTok of you. Wait a minute. The camera's facing me. What? And I didn't realize this as it was going on. But when I listened back to it, I was like, oh, God, I'm old. Uh, not knowing how to work TikTok or my phone and then eventually giving up. But here's what I did when I was posting the polls. I tweeted, I'd. I apostrophe D. That's the whole tweet. I don't know how I tweeted it. I don't know what it was supposed to say, but it's there right in the middle of all the polls. And then I got a response. I I got a response that said, what? (laughs) And then I said, good question. (laughs) I actually saw that and, and deeply appreciated that you hadn't just deleted it. And then I (laughs) I realized, and then I realized you'd done it from the scrimmages. Uh, account so it wasn't obvious that it was you anyway so that was why you could get away with that uh i'm fine with people knowing it was me (laughs) i the funny thing is like of of my oldest son's friends parents i'm always the youngest one because i was 20 (laughs) when he was born right and so all his friends think that compared to their parents i'm like young and cool and then uh, I just feel old, like constantly feel old, uh, especially I'm old and overconfident, which is the worst kind of old. So I'll think that I can beat someone in a foot race and then we do it. And instead of winning the race, I fall over, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, back to the polls. Here's, this one's based on something Daniel said in the mailbag. We were asking about which piece of the Chex Mix you would get rid of. Was it the pretzel or the rye chip or the breadstick or whatever? And Daniel One said... One of the pretzels. There's two. Right, exactly. And Daniel said, if you're eating Chex Mix, you should throw it away and get a real snack. <laughs> so the question, if you're eating Chex Mix, should you throw it away and get a real snack? 64% of the audience said yes. They agreed with Daniel on that one. It's pretty definitive. Uh, then the next question, and this was based on another mailbag question. Do you read the book for- first? Forced. Forced. Do you read the book first or watch the movie first? The options were book, movie, or what is book? (laughs) 50% of the audience said movie. 33% of the audience said what is book? That, Only 17% of our audience reads the book first. That checks out for Twitter. I, I feel, well, <laughs> it checks out for Twitter and probably also the kind of people who listen to our show. No offense, listeners. No, you know what? Screw you, listeners. Anyway. They, they're like you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. They shouldn't be insulted Although by when you I was insulting that. them, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't lumped myself into it, but now that you said that, it totally makes sense. Next question was, does Mike Shashevsky want everyone to kiss his feet and give him flowers for a whole year? The Another options were seems to go without saying. The options were yes, 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 and yes. I thought and that showed a remarkable lack of creativity. A hundred percent of the audience said yes. What <laughs> about definitely? No, they were all just yes. I know. And here's the one that I have to apologize to Dan. I have to apologize a little bit to Daniel for this one because I I do this thing and it's kind of my shtick, you know. It's kind of your shtick. Kind of my shtick is that Daniel will have an opinion and I will take his opinion and twist it in a way that's exaggerated and unfair and doesn't accurately represent his You will straw man the crap out of it. But I would like to point out, he also does it to me because he does it with that whole, I should never question anything Pete Carroll says thing. I never said that. We don't need to get into that. But I posted this Twitter poll, which was really unfair to Daniel based on an argument that we had completely off air. (laughs) It was in our, our Facebook messenger 
And Daniel was basically saying, hey, you know, if we're looking at Terry Stotts, who was the coach of the Blazers, and he just got fired, and Daniel was saying it would be reasonable to say that with the big three era and all the super teams that Terry Stotts leading the Blazers to the Western Conference Finals through all of that was, you know, it could be compared to equally as impressive as winning a Super Bowl or what Pete Carroll did. What he was saying was he was saying if it's okay to be frustrated with Stotts' inability to get past the first round of the playoffs, isn't it also okay to be frustrated with Pete Carroll's inability to get the Seahawks past the first round of the playoffs. Which is very reasonable. Very reasonable. And Justin was like, did Terry Stotts win a Super Bowl? And Daniel was like... Well, Terry Stotts doesn't coach in the NFL. Yeah, but Daniel didn't point that out, which he should have pointed out. Yeah. But... uh, (laughs) So anyway, here's what I posted. Is Terry Stotts leading the Blazers to a conference semifinal win equally as impressive as Pete Carroll leading the Seahawks to a Super Bowl win? Well, guess what? 100% of the audience said no. They agree with me. Moving on... Jake Fraley's beard. Why are you shaking your head at me? Just, just rude. <laughs> just rude. You should have a little, a little bit of, of, uh, poor Daniel. Listen. I don't think he slept in like three weeks. Uh, it's probably true. I, he, Babies the, apparently don't like to sleep. Here's the thing, Andrew. I, you, you guys know. Maternity leaves hard for Daniel, okay? You guys know as well as I do that I'm a very difficult and frustrating person to be friends with. I, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you guys should just be used to it by now that I'm kind of an asshole. I've always sort of considered you an acquaintance. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts. Okay. Uh, Next question. I think this is our, yeah, this is our last poll. And this was uh, also based on something that came up in the show. Jake Fraley's beard, mountain man or hipster? What do you think the results on this one were, Andrew? Uh, Mountain man. 82% 82% mountain man. Yeah. Although you pointed out last week, isn't like mountain chic is the new hipster? Is that what well, you said? Well, Pacific Northwest hipsters, mountain chic, like lumberjack, like lumberjack slash mountain chic is pretty common look. Okay. Like it's common for hipsters to wear the checkered short shirt, checkered shirt, checkered shirt, checkered shirts, big, big beard, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, I feel like looking at if you haven't seen Jake Fraley's beard, go check it out. It is impressive. It's impressive. It and also, stole a home run a few days ago. Yeah, his beard did. It yes. just like got sucked into his beard. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want the Jake Fraley story to get lost in our Mariners talk. That is a guy who has come up and just been like really impressive filling in in a way that was kind of unpredictable. So does, does, is he still walking 50% of the time? I don't know, but he's hitting home runs and robbing home runs. I, I don't think we need to dwell on it, but I just want to make sure we note that. So that in the future, when we talk about Jake Fraley, it's not like we're jumping on the bandwagon. You know, we've been paying attention to Jake Fraley since he first came in. So we're going to move on to my weekly power ranking. And once again, I have completely sidestepped and avoided sports and I've completely sidestepped and avoided anything that would take me any amount of time or effort in preparation. And I'm going to do... Power ranking of sauces. Now, I started with sauces and condiments, but it was just too overwhelming. So I went... <laughs> What's the di- Wait, can you c- explain what the difference is between a sauce and a condiment? So I hadn't actually considered them super differently, but when I was doing the very minimal amount of research that I did, which means I Googled... Incredibly minimal. I Googled best sauces and condiments. Um, like Things like salt and pepper and other seasonings and things like that were coming up as condiments, which I... I don't know what's right and wrong, 
But I do know that I didn't want any of that in my power ranking. So I went I went with the power ranking here. I'm going to start with number five. Hold in. on. I just yeah. want to just want to underline this. Yeah. I'm not joking when I say Jake Fraley's walking half the time. He has 47 at-bats in 2021, and he has walked 19 times. Well, that's not half that's the time. That's barely under half the time. Yeah, but when you walk, it doesn't count as an at-bat. It's a, it's a plate appearance. Oh. Yeah, so you'd have to stack the 19. Well, that's really on. dumb because you have to be at bat before you can walk. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, okay. you'd have to stack the walks on top of the at-bats. So it'd be okay. more like a quarter of, somewhere between a quarter and a third of the time. Still a lot. Point being, he has a 336 on base percentage while only hitting 195. Holy cow. He's only hitting 195? <laughs> yeah. I felt like he was doing better. Because he's on base all the time because he walks. That's true, yeah. but you know, Go ahead, okay. sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Number five. Oh, you want me to do something? You have to produce the show. Number five. Numero something. (laughs) Sweet and sour sauce. Number five. Sweet and sour. Sweet and sour is number five? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you eat? What do you eat sweet and sour with? Uh, well, chicken or pork. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I just, sweet and sour, the only thing I think I've ever eaten it with is sweet and sour chicken. So yeah, so like where they do it, where it's like breaded, deep chicken, fried, yeah. breaded, yeah, like you get at a teriyaki. Chinese restaurant, Teri- teriyaki place usually. Yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Safeway. Sure thing, sure thing, sure thing. Number four. Number four. Numero Mayonnaise. So that's a sauce, not a condiment. Yeah, it's a sauce. Okay. okay, so have you seen these have you seen these commercials, Andrew? The new mayonnaise commercials? Nope. They sing a song. They so somebody opens their fridge and they, they aren't see... commercials in books. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody opens their fridge and they're looking at what they've got in there and they're like, Oh, I don't have anything to eat. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden there the song comes on. It's like mayonnaise turning nothing into something. And then it shows them eating a salad or a sandwich or something. And I'm like, every time I watch this commercial, I'm like, well, you didn't actually turn nothing into something. You had a salad or a sa- <laughs> you could say turning something into something better, but it's not yes. turning nothing into something. So they're saying like there's all these different ways. And I think actually for mayonnaise, that to me. I don't really want most of the time mayonnaise, like just mayonnaise on something, but I love mayonnaise mixed with other things. Yeah. So mayonnaise, to me, mayonnaise is the base of a lot of good sauces. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. So mayonnaise, number four. Okay. Now, number three. Number three. Numero tres. Honey mustard. My favorite kind of mustard. Actually, I thought about doing a like I did with the Cheerios in my breakfast. Doing a I, mustard. I love mustard. Daniel would have approved of that so much. I love all kinds of mustard, like spicy mustard, Dijon mustard, yellow, regular yellow mustard. Gray poupon. Gray poupon. Yeah, I like all the kinds of mustard. So I thought about just doing five mustards. But then I was that like... That would have been fun. Last time I did that, I didn't get great reaction with the Cheerios Well, thing. you know what you could have done is you could have power ranked mustards. Instead of power rank, I'm going to power rank sauces. They're all mustard. I cannot emphasize how little thought I put into this. <laughs> but number three, honey mustard. When I go get a sandwich at Subway, which, you know, I like, I love Subway. But when I go get a sandwich at Subway, it's mayonnaise and honey mustard every time. Every time. What kind of sandwich do you get? I mix it up. So I like the steak and cheese. I like the cold cut trio. Um, I like the roasted chicken. 
Um, I do like the sweet onion chicken teriyaki, so I guess that would be the one time that I don't use mayonnaise and honey mustard. I use the sweet onion sauce. Um, but yeah, that's usually mm. what I'd go with. I'm like 90% of the time, I'm the, the chicken BLT with the... Uh, oh, no, the chicken ranch. Chicken ranch. Chicken bacon ranch. Chicken bacon ranch. Yeah, Thank you. that's a good one. That's a good. They Clearly also I have, get it a lot. So one thing, <laughs> one thing they have now at Subway, which I, which, and my wife and I have, we try to do like, not cut carbs out completely, but we try to when we have opportunities to make better choices, sure. we try to go low carb. And Subway has these things now. I think they call them protein bowls, where you basically get like vegetables and meat in a bowl with cheese melted on it, and it's amazing. It's really good. That you get whatever sauce good. you want. Um, but you know, I get a sandwich. You know what's better than that? What's that? Carbs. I love carbs. <laughs> but that's part of the problem. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Numero dos. That's two. Teriyaki sauce. Solid. Nobody's going to argue with this. Yeah, no. Teriyaki is the best. I like to make my own teriyaki sauce at home. Really? Yeah. Can you tell me what's in teriyaki sauce? Yeah. Because well, as you said that, I was like, you know what? I don't actually know what teriyaki sauce is made of. It's great. Yeah, it, well, it's it's. A, I don't want to give away my whole recipe because it's a secret, and also well, I don't yeah, remember. Don't tell it. me your teriyaki. I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't remember. I just but, like. There's, uh, is there soy sauce? It's in soy sauce. So- like okay. the base of it is soy sauce. Okay, yeah. so it's a soy sauce with a lot of sugar, presumably, because it's pretty sweet. Brown sugar, yeah. uh, and then like you use a thickening agent and I, not a lie, bunch of spices. Soy sauce by itself is really gross. Oh, really? You don't like soy I don't sauce? Don't like soy sauce. Do you? So I grew up with. I don't mind the flavor in other things. Yeah, but soy sauce? Nope, nope. Don't need it. So I grew up, I didn't grow up here, but where I grew up in Hawaii, it was like white rice, steamed rice was spam and soy sauce that well, (laughs) no matter what you were eating, what kind of meat it was steamed rice with it every night. And in Hawaii, they have their like, instead of the soy sauce that you'd buy at the store, they have something that's almost exactly the same, but better called shoyu. Okay. And, and that might actually just be the origin name of soy sauce. I don't know. But I know that the bottle brand, the bottle. No, it's the brand is Aloha that we oh, okay. used to get. But okay. I think you can get there's, there's other ones you can get. But we used to get one called Aloha Shoyu, and it's like soy sauce but better. And we would just straight up like you have rice and just pour some shoyu on your rice, and it's really good. Yeah, I I would need something else with it, like Meat. teriyaki sauce. So like if or you like, had a bite, like if you cooking, like if you're like cooking a stir fry, you can, I I I like it as a flavoring. I just yeah. I've never. I've never. Well, like, I wouldn't drink it, it. You get it to like dip, yeah. and stuff, and I'm just not in that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would like it for that either. But if you put like a light, you know, like a light little circle or two of it on your rice, and then you mix the rice with the meat bites, sure, and it's really good. Okay, so it's almost like a salt in that. Like you're you're using it as like a like a flavor enhancer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now here, it's this acceptable. is what it all comes down to. Number one. Number one. Numero uno. Old barbecue sauce. Carolina Gold. It's very specific. I'm using it is very an actual brand. So this is a barbecue sauce that I buy at Trader Joe's that I discovered maybe a year ago. And it is like the only sauce that I have that I buy. Like I have to make sure that I constantly have it. What kind home. of now there's there's more than one kind of barbecue sauce, yeah, right? This one is a it's a vinegar based. So it's like okay, so it's that's, like a must it so Carolina barbecue Carolina is the vinegar, vinegar mustard type yeah. barbecue. Okay. So it's not like the sweet uh 
like what it's not it, a texas barbecue no it's not sauce. No, it yeah. is, there's right. a there's a little sweet to it but it's much more tangy mm-hmm. and i use it on everything like i'll put it on meat i'll use it in marinades i put it on my sandwiches um like if i make a sandwich in the morning i'm going i'm turning nothing into something with mayonnaise and then putting some <laughs> carolina gold barbecue sauce in my sandwich or my wrap so or whatever. uh you had sandwich things then yes okay so, so turn something. something into something better <laughs> shout out trader joe's please sponsor us <laughs> But that's my power ranking of the week, Andrew. How did I do? Is there I don't, any obvious I don't like here? your number one. Okay. And that's a taste, just a general taste thing. I don't hate mustards. I do not love mustard like you and Daniel do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... I need a bowl of mustard. I have a strong preference I'd bathe in mustard. for the other kind of barbecue. I'd swim in a mustard pool. I love like a smoky yeah. uh, Midwest type barbecue far you, more. The If there was a six... An honorable mention, <laughs> it would be honey barbecue sauce. Something that's, like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. other the other kind of sauce that I like to make on my own. Um, and that one is a lot of brown sugar and honey because I like the barbecue sauce with sweetness. Although there's a lot of ketchup the, in the only other thing that I would I I would have uh, spicy brown mustard much higher than honey mustard in my oh, own. And again, I that's pretty much the only kind of mustard I really really like. But if I'm having any kind of hot dog or uh, like any any kind of sausage sandwich, brats, whatever, I, I definitely want a spicy brown mustard mm-hmm. on it. Well, I think we could all agree, all two of us. All two of most us. Most overrated sauce, ketchup. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It, unless I have had some like homemade or like like in in the restaurant made ketchups that are really good because they are not like ketchup like they're more like a tomato sauce <laughs> yeah without like far, all the far mounds less of sugar sweet. like yeah. the 85 cups yep. of sugar that they put in one cup of ketchup yeah no i ketchup the only the only time i eat ketchup voluntarily in my day-to-day life is as part of fry sauce which daniel is Ooh. going to be deeply disappointed with oh. you for not including that oh that's a snub i just flat out <laughs> forgot about fry sauce oh boy this is bad oh i made a mistake andrew i made a mistake fry sauce has to be in here but it's already locked in i said him out loud oh i failed i failed oh well daniel needed something to uh, hate you about so. oh he's got lots of reasons oh that's right you're right no well he- <laughs> I do want to still get to the Russell Wilson presser, but let's go with some local sports here. There's not a lot because seasons are over, and this is probably going to be one of the last mentions we have of local sports, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Montesanos, Trace Ridgeway, and Hope Williams, Michael... Sorry, Trace. Lord Lord and Watkins (laughs) were named co-MVPs of the Evergreen 1A League in the boys' basketball ranks. Ridgeway and Lorton Watkins were both extremely vital to what their teams did. Lorton Watkins, I believe, is only a sophomore. He's young and uh, dynamic scorer. Ridgeway, uh, as a senior, we unfortunately won't get to see him play anymore for Montesano, but he uh, was really the straw that stirs the drink for the Bulldogs, and I think when he was not able to play anymore, first due to an injury and then due to contact tracing issues, um, you saw a big difference in Montesano's boys' basketball team. But yeah, congratulations to Trace Ridgeway of Montesano and Michael Lorton Watkins of Hoquiam on being named co-MVPs. We did have another league MVP from Montesano, as in the girls' basketball side, Paige Leicherness 
was named MVP of the Evergreen 1A League. Leishness, along with uh, a bevy of other teammates who had all league honors, led the Montesano Bulldogs to a league and district title. So congratulations to Paige and all the Bulldogs there. And finally, last but certainly not least, Raymond's Kyra <laughs> Gardner, who was uh, an All-State selection last year and I believe probably will be an All-State selection again this year was the MVP of the Pacific 2B League, and I'm going to run through the stats because, wow! Kyra's league, her averages through the season this year, 23 points, 7.5 boards, 7.1 steals. No, that's not a typo. That's real. 7.1 steals average and 4.7 assists. This girl is the definition of a stat stuffer. (laughs) She stuffed them stats, bro. Normally, that's a bad thing, but... A stat stuffer? Yeah. No, isn't you stuff you, them stats, Isn't bro? that what you uh, call could, Matt it, Padford? A stat Padford. Oh, stat Padford. It's, it's a di- so that's stat padding. Oh, okay. This is stat I get you. Stuffing. Stat stuffing, right. I got you. I, I could see... I mean, stat padding is definitely a negative connotation. Right. Stat stuffing... She's just getting all of them. She's just getting all of them. Like, right. you, you run out of room to write the amount of stats that she has. Kyra. <laughs> Amazing. I, I I admit I'm a little bit disappointed that she has 0. 0.4 rebounds a game more than steals because I think it would be hilarious if you stole the ball more than you <laughs> rebounded it. I mean, really, this is not... That is ridiculous, though, that those are so close together. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> insane. I mean, just to see the all-around game that these stats show is really ridiculous. So, Kyra, I mean, we got a couple more years of Kyra, and I really, really want to see... Or maybe one more year. I wish I had done a little more research before <laughs> to remember what class, uh, what grade she's in. But I know Daniel and I have talked about it. I, I really want to. When the world is back to normal next winter and we get to, to see some high school basketball, I really want to go to a Raymond girls game and watch Kyra play because she is, I would say, it's like a transcendent star talent. She's a dynamic talent that I feel like I'm going to miss out on it and not get to watch her play basketball. So I'm going to make a concerted effort during the winter to try to make it to a Raymond girls game. I'm definitely down for that. All right. Well, let's move on. We have one more topic we're going to go to before our next commercial break. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson's press conference. So (gasps) Russell Wilson, did he ask to be traded? You know, it's been a few months of mostly <laughs> silence now, right? It's been yeah. a few months, right? Well, mo- yes, yeah, silence from Russell's camp. There's yeah. definitely, I swear, every week some national talking head is like, ooh, this story isn't over. Yeah. But I think the Aaron Rodgers story took definitely. a little bit of steam off of it. Oh, definitely. So people were, the the more Cause, recent cause... reports have been, no, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are in a good place. They've worked it out. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. So, and you know, it may not be like if they don't. Well, he hasn't retired. Yeah. But if they don't win this season, like if things go poorly this season, who knows what the next offseason is going to be like. Um, And they would not have the same kind of a dead cap hit next year as they would have this year. So it'd be a little more feasible to trade him, assuming they could find a trade partner that he's willing to go to, to waive the no trade clause and that could actually give up enough to make it worth it for Seattle. I hope that doesn't happen. Me too. But I thought some of the stuff that some of the stuff was interesting um, to look at. And there's some some quotes that we're gonna run through um, from this presser. And it was a half hour presser and there was a lot of stuff said. So we can't 
talk about all and, of it. But and we didn't prepare at and, all. No, we didn't. Actually, I'm just going to be reading these out of an <laughs> article on uh, mynorthwest.com from Stacy Ross. So thank you, Stacy, for laying this out for us so nicely. But um, one of the things that Wilson addressed was a question about, did you ask for a trade? And what was up with you, if you weren't asking for a trade, then what was up with you giving, like, publicly releasing a list of four teams? So Russ said, there were a lot of teams out there that people were saying I was going to or would go to. And he said, I did not request a trade. I've always wanted to play here. And the reality is that I think calls were getting thrown around and this and that. So this is like classic Russell, like dancing around he did a lot of this like going back to the russell i'm going to dance around some parts of this i don't want to talk about but he did say specifically i did not request a trade uh i wanted to play here and the reason that this list came out was because everybody was throwing out a bunch of teams that i would go to so and then he says but i think at the end of the day the real reality is that i'm here and i'm here to win and i'm here to win it all andrew does that mean anything uh does it mean anything? Yeah. Did he say anything? He then? didn't say anything other than I'm still Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I think that's... In case people have forgotten, Russell Wilson is on the record as wanting to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Well, well, so, you there, know, here's another that involves qu- winning and he wants to win. Yes. Here's another quote that is a trade request related. <laughs> he says, the reality is there was a whole thing saying I requested a trade and that's just not true. Again, just flat out denying that he requested a trade. Everything kind of started from there, and obviously tons of teams were calling. And he said this. I, this was one of my favorite quotes from his other ones when he was like, well, you know, obviously when I do what I do, teams are going to call. Like basically saying, yeah, teams are going to call to ask about me. There, I'm awesome. There were rumors that I was asking for a trade, and so everyone <laughs> yeah. was calling John yes. Schneider. So then he says, and I think that the reality was I didn't want to go anywhere else. I wanted to play in Seattle. But if I had to go somewhere... These are the teams that I would go to or consider going to. And at the end of the day, I have a no trade clause, right? So I think for me, I had a great conversation with Coach Carroll and a really great conversation with John, talking about John Schneider. And Coach Carroll and I spent a lot of time together one-on-one and we're on the same page. We're here to do what we're meant to do and that's win it all. I'm excited. I'm excited about who we have and the guys we have. I'm excited about where we are. Coach Carroll and I's, which is wrong, it's Coach Carroll's and my, relationship (laughs) couldn't be stronger on it. Like I said earlier, my focus is to win. Winning is everything to me. So this is Russ, I think, saying, because this is the the hardest part to swallow out of all this, is this whole Russ's agent puts out four teams that we'd be willing to go to. And I think this is the sticking point for most people where they're like, all right, well, if you really didn't want to be traded, why on earth would you publicly release a list of teams? So, Andrew, is there... I'm kind of stuck on this one a little bit, too. Is there a way that you can explain it? This goes back to... There's two things going on here. One thing is between Russell Wilson and the rest of his team and the front office and Pete Carroll and John Schneider because none of them are happy... With not winning everything. They all want to win a Super Bowl every year. Like, that's their goal every year. They're not, you know, Russell Wilson is not sitting there going, I want to win a Super Bowl. And Pete Carroll's like, hey, we did great, guys. Look, we got to the play. That's not happening. They all want to win. And they 
are motivated and they didn't win and everybody's kind of angsty about it. Yeah. That That's good. That's normal. That is happening. And at the same time as that is happening, Mark Rogers and Russell's entourage are busy trying to make sure that Russell Wilson is at the top of everybody's minds in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that that... that Keeping Russell Wilson on at the top of the list of talking heads things to talk about is the primary thrust or the primary reason behind everything that we hear from, quote, Russell Wilson's camp. And that's why both Russell Wilson, to me, that's why both Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, when they're asked about it by the media, are like, well, that kind of got blown out of proportion because they're talking about what's going on between them and it really has no relation to what's going on in yeah, the media. That's true. And Pete Carroll or Russell even said at one point that he thought his relationship with Pete was stronger now than it was before because they had to talk through all this stuff right. in the constant communication. And I'm not saying Pete approves of what Russell's camp is doing. Yeah. I'm sure Pete is like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's a distraction. I don't like it. But it. It really, I really truly believe that that this that distraction has nothing to do with Pete and Russell one on one talking about the future. So, do you think it's the kind of thing that consumes Pete's mind, like he's really mad about it, or do you think to him it's more of like a thorn in his side? I don't think he notices it until media starts asking him about it, and then he's like, "I, it's, I mean, what? what, It's more like complaining, I guess. I don't like." It's not really important. So that's where I think the big disconnect is here between the way that organizations actually work and the way that the general fan, even sports people, like people who have played sports, view these teams. Like they think that people, and this is also like media sensationalization. Like the media makes everything bigger. You have to make it exciting or people won't listen. And the media is self-important. So the media, the media thinks, well, if this is a big deal to us, then it is a big deal. When the reality is the media makes it a big deal. It's a big deal of fans. That doesn't always mean that the team or the players give two craps about it. Like people kept people in the local media kept saying, well, why are Pete Carroll and John Schneider not addressing this? Why should they? What do they care? Yeah. They're putting their heads down and working on trying to go be better and win a Super Bowl. What do they care what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, that that's the way and I thought about it. There's like there's there's a disconnect between And there's this thought, I felt like there was this thought that like because Mark Rogers and Russell's camp are are fomenting these rumors that it means Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and John Schneider aren't actually talking to each other. Right. And I think that that is I well, I they think said that, that is they so were all unlikely. So unlikely. Yeah. They said that yeah. they have all said, all three of them said that they were communicating through all of it. Like right. they had constant communication. Um, but yeah, I just think the more now than ever before, the disconnect between the reality of what those kind of organizations are like and what fans think, it the media blows everything out of proportion and that's never gonna change, but and it keeps getting worse, really, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, NBA. But as fans and people who are not part of like large-scale media, we need to look at it and be able to parse out what's real and what actually matters. Like, What's the actual practical implication of any of this? And I think it's not much. Like, to- If you were – okay, let's say this. If you were Russell Wilson 
Would you look back on any of what happened over the last few months and wish you had done anything differently? I think that to the degree that there was a lot of public backlash against Russell when the four teams yeah. were I and if you listen to the you can find the the uh, whole half hour press conference with mm-hmm. him at the OTAs up on the Seahawks website it, it's worth a listen I think uh, when he's talking about that I think you hear a little bit of regret not that he made a serious mistake but I think he's like eh that kind of got out of hand yeah and I I don't think he uses those specific words but that's the feeling I got like it that it was an attempt to say, hey, I totally am did not ask for a trade, and I am certain this is me. I am certain that there was also an attempt to make sure that people didn't just go, oh, no trade. We won't talk about that anymore because Mark Rogers and Russell Wilson and everyone else in his camp want to make sure everyone is talking about him. Yeah. So they said, correct to the record, he did not ask for a trade. If he did ask for a trade, or if he if he was to be traded, there's four teams that he would be willing to waive his no trade clause for. Here's some fodder to keep talking about. But but we didn't ask for a trade. Yeah. I think that caused backlash. Like you were saying, a lot of people are hung up on that. Like, if you didn't want to be traded, why did you even mention teams? And I think I would be surprised if he ever does something like that again. Like... I think that was probably the one thing. Yeah. Like releasing the list of teams, having his agent release the list of teams, whether Russ was involved in the decision to do that or not. Because like he said, he was on vacation in the Bahamas when that was going on. So it wasn't, he was just hearing things and all of a sudden the media was reporting he requested a trade and he was like, yeah, no, I, I think so for me. And I don't even know what Russ could have really done differently or if maybe the, the seeds had been sown on some of this already. I think Russ probably and i certainly didn't predict couldn't have predicted the way the local media turned on him how he sharply, did not get the benefit of a doubt no, in anything he local media yeah. was reporting the stuff he said to dan patrick as if he had thrown his yeah. offensive line under the bus well that's the that's the hardest part for, through all of this for me is they and you know, we, we all listen at least casually to Danny and Gallant. I listen to it two or three times a week, and I really like those guys. But they spent three weeks putting words in his mouth. Specifically, yes. Danny O'Neill. Yes. Spent three full weeks just going through saying, well, Russ said this, and Russ said this, and Russ did this. And finally, one of the times Michael Bumpus was on, they have him on Wednesdays. He was like, hey, you know, can we stop putting words in the guy's mouth? He didn't say any of that. Like, you're going through and exaggerating. He didn't, he wasn't this harsh. Yeah. <laughs> but the the sentiment of what he was saying was like, can we just please stop? Like, why do we need to take everything he says and multiply it by 10? Yeah. I mean, the reality is most of the things that people were saying Russell said, he flat out didn't say. Or they were interpreting something in a more sensational way. And to me... I, I had long wondered, like, when Russell News comes out, how come it's never a local guy that reports it? How come Russell, like, basically never comes on these local stations? And I'm like, okay, so which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did Russ think, I'm not talking to these guys? Or are these guys upset because Russ never talks to them, so they don't care what they say about him? They talk to Pete and John regularly. Yeah. So it's... I will say Jake 
Well, I don't know if he breaks stuff, but he definitely has has uh, talked about some stuff that no that other people weren't talking about. He's really the only think, one, though. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like it's a. It's more like he's an insider that they employ rather than uh, than it's Wilson talking to the media. So, so here I have a question for you, Andrew. And this is totally off topic. We're pivoting hard from Russell Wilson to something different. Speaking uh, of things, of the. ESPN radio local personalities that we have in that in that seven to ten seven ten group. So I listen to Danny and Gallant. I've listened a decent amount to Jake and Stacy. Some of the other shows like Michael Bumpus, the other guys come on, Brock Heward, Mike Salk, whatever. Like if you were gonna take two people and that would be you'd put them together and that's the show you listen to every day, which two guys would you choose? Or two people would you choose? Because to me, it's I, not Danny and Gallant. No, I think it would be Salk and uh, oh, oh heavens, linebacker. Oh, oh, more or no, uh, no, 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 uh, no, no. Uh, Wayman, Wayman, Wayman. Yes, I think it'd be Salk and Wayman. I, I don't, I don't know that I've actually ever heard them together, so I don't know if they would yeah. be able to do a good show together. But those are the I. Sulk has a really grating personality. Yes. I don't think I'd enjoy hanging out with him. I like the but, amount of Brock and Sulk that we get with the one hour yeah, a week now. Yes, I agree. And <laughs> but but Sulk, I think, has a very level take on most stuff that is needed because apparently everyone else is like busy taking hot takes. And mostly he'll say stupid stuff, but Mostly, I I, appre- I appreciated his like, hey, this isn't that big of a deal. Let's yeah. think about this this way. And and uh, I just love Dave Wyman. I, like, I shouldn't. Wyman be... is. I love his stories. I'd rather have him as a as like the sports athlete than Salk, who, or sorry, than than Brock, who is is nice, but a is a husky, and b is. Such a quarterback. So you and such a coach's son. He is management coach's son, quarterback all the way. You went may more way more like information and analysis is, is, is based than I. Like you want the actual information provided to you in a way that is going to be useful and helpful and uh, yes, functional. That's, that's what I look for. I I um, <laughs> and I shouldn't be surprised how much you appreciate Mike Salk because he is a hundred percent the Andrew Gross of seven ten. <laughs> like he is the guy who is like well. I don't really care that everyone else thinks this. I think this, and I'm just going to say it. And you can disagree with me if you elitist want. alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would go, I love Paul. I love Paul Gallant. I enjoy Even though Paul. I don't agree with him a lot, there's something very familiar and likable and comfortable <laughs> about him. He reminds me a lot of a college roommate I had. Yeah. He's Daniel. But <laughs> with giant caterpillar, caterpillar eyebrows. Um, but I also have discovered semi recently that my favorite one out of all of them is Stacy. She's hilarious. She so is. So just from a straight up, and she's also pretty level headed. Yeah. But like, just from a straight up entertainment standpoint, I'd put Paul and Stacy together. I want that. I want that now. That would probably be very entertaining. It would be very entertaining. I feel like you would not get a lot of actual information. It would be a hundred percent. Hot takes and then more hot takes from the other person trying to out hot take the other person, though. Yeah. Um, Which would be very entertaining. Well, since we're winding down this segment, um, Mariano Rivera stinks. Stick with us. (laughs) On the other side of the break, we're going to do mailbag. (laughs) And uh, we'll sideswipe Mariano Rivera again. 
The team of realtors at OliPen Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay home, stay safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. OliPen Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket, in less time, without the hassle. Visit SellMyHarborHome.com to get your home market ready. The OliPen team is ready to work for you. The mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. Speaking of overrated players, have we mentioned Mariano Rivera recently? No, I don't think we have. But did you know that when Mariano Rivera tried to be a starter, he had a five plus ERA? What? Like he's a failed starter and that's how he became a closer in the first place. That is fascinating. It is fascinating. And he plays a position that plays maybe two out of every five games and only plays for an inning most of the time. And yet somehow he's the first unanimous Hall of Famer. It's a bunch of ridiculous garbage. That is incredible. Mariano Rivera stinks. The scrimmage is brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Thank you for listening. I'm Justin Domashevitz, and I have, yeah. Do you think that there should be a limit to the number of pitchers that you can pitch in a game? I think they have a rule now about how many well, batters, a, uh, how many batters you have to face. Yeah. Right? So that what would if they be just like made it so like you have you can only use two pitchers. Oh. What if you had like an 18? Oh, you'd have to be an extra, like extra innings or whatever. But what if you had, oh man, that would be tough. I was just, you know. I don't think so. I think actually. How can you have a pitcher that their only job is to come in and pitch the last couple outs of the game? And that's a unanimous Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah, it's it's And the player whose job is to hit for the pitcher every single at bat has to wait until the last year of eligibility. Good point. Edgar Martinez's position exists because people like Mariano Rivera can't play that part of the game. Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. To me, I I honestly don't know enough about baseball to have an opinion about how overrated Mariano Rivera is. To me, the hatred is just purely based on that juxtaposition of this player who plays a tiny role in games and was really good at that role. Mm-hmm is the first ever unanimous Hall of Fame inductee. And this player, who was the best at a certain position that doesn't play all of the game, had to, like, was basically snubbed as much as they possibly could snub him and still let him in. I think if the Yankees had had a DH that was as great as Edgar Martinez, he would undoubtedly be in the same position. It's totally Yankee crap. Yeah, I agree. And and it's funny too that when you think about like if you're thinking about the two most overrated athletes in any sport of all time, two of them are going to be Yankees right off the bat because it's Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter. Like, you know, we can oh, go okay. back through other okay. names and we and I brought up Joe Namath last time. I think that's a pretty would good one. Would they all beef in New York sports? I bet they probably would. That's very possible because yeah. when when New York media Gets in this like Hall of Fame Obviously, voting thing. He's good and yeah. he's on our team, so he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Derek Jeter wasn't even the best shortstop on his own team for a large portion of his career because he played with Alex Rodriguez. I, I mean, hate that guy. Yeah, that guy too. He's the worst. But anyway, um, that was us sideswiping Mariano Rivera. <laughs> We're gonna get into the mailbag. I think I want to start with this last question first. Ooh, doing things backwards. This one came from Caleb, and it says, which first-round rookie quarterback will throw the most 
picks this year. Now, Andrew, your take was it's definitely not going to be Trevor Lawrence because well, he's, Trevor Lawrence is going to be backing up Tim Tebow, yeah. who will be backing up Gardner Gardner Minshew. So Lawrence is going to be unless they strength. trade Minshew to a good team, free Minshew. Yeah. So, so Trevor Lawrence is going to be third string. He won't have a chance to throw a lot no. of interceptions. Uh, Zach Wilson, the number two pick for the Jets, is my pick. I think just I don't care who you put on the Jets. They're going to be in contention here. Uh, so that's not a shot at Wilson, who I don't really didn't really pay much attention to. But Jets quarterback, yeah, probably going to throw the most interceptions. Trey Lance, 49ers, I hope he throws the most interceptions. That'd be great. <laughs> but also, he's not locked in as a day one starter. I I doubt strongly that he'll be the day one starter. Justin Fields for the Bears, he probably has a chance, doesn't he? To start day one? Well, he definitely... Who Do they have anybody else? Uh, don't they have Andy Dalton? Do they, I think did they, they do. get Dalton? Yeah, and <laughs> I, I actually don't think that Fields is going to start... Immediately. Okay. But I do think he'll be in pretty quickly. I didn't realize they'd got Dalton. So that, that would make sense. So, and that's the start. hardest part about figuring this out is like, who's going to have the most games? Well, in San Francisco, they've held on to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And I would assume that at least probably the first month or two, Garoppolo is going to start. And Yeah. Unless it, unless Trey Lance pulls a Russell Wilson knock on wood that he does not. Yeah. Was, was that your head? Yeah. Is that the sound your head makes when you hit it? Yep. Wow. <laughs> um, Nothing up there. Justin Fields, I think, is probably in in a few games, but not right away. Um, Mac Jones, I feel pretty. I think I think the Patriots are going to roll with uh, Cam Newton to start the season, and so you probably won't see Mac Jones right away. Do you think Mac Jones is the first of those uh, five quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl? Oh man, God, I hope not. Um, Do you think he's the best at cheating? I think I. I <laughs> that's probably why they picked him. I, I think that the most likely first one to win a Super Bowl will be Trevor Lawrence backing up Gardner Minshew. Oh, I like. But you still get a Super I Bowl like ring if you're the backup, you right? Um, I think probably Zach Wilson would be my choice as well, mostly because I don't have a lot of confidence in him or the team that's around him. But more likely, I think he's just the the only guy besides Trevor Lawrence who well. I just have zero forward. confidence in the Jets. I think he's the only guy who's going to start from week one, and yeah. I think he's going to struggle in his first year. So, yep. yeah, I'd go Zach Wilson. Um, next question. If we both agree, we can't be wrong. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this one. This one came from Joshua. But I feel like, Andrew, this might be kind of in your wheelhouse. <laughs> what conspiracy theory is most believable? Yeah, what conspiracy I, theory is oh, most gosh, believable? Oh, gosh, I don't, like, there's so many conspiracy theories. Yeah, hit me with one. I don't. I can't even think I don't, of one. I can't think of I feel like a Daniel and Stump one. Daniel right now. My mind is blank. <laughs> I think... Does Bigfoot count as a conspiracy theory? I don't know. I think That's Bigfoot's a, real. Bigfoot has a... I would... I'm not going to say I believe that Bigfoot is real or I think that it is real, but I would be completely not surprised if at some point we... Dis- and by we, I mean... Not the two of us. Yeah, not the two of us. But, but humanity. Like humanity discovers a North American <laughs> ape okay. of some kind. That would that wouldn't shock me. Um, I think aliens are real too. Does that count as a conspiracy theory? I think they confirmed that they are real. Well, UFOs didn't are. they? Didn't the the Israeli defense minister confirm that UFOs are real? I'm I hadn't sure heard. They did. No, but that's not UFOs. I'm saying aliens. Aliens, like actual, oh, right. yeah, yeah, actual beings from another planet. It's conspiracy theory is most believable. Gosh, but am God. I in the wrong track here? Okay, is it no. Here, I think I think here for like honest answer. Yeah. I think the most 
believable conspiracy theory I can think of is that LBJ had Kennedy assassinated. What? That's a pretty... It, at the time, that was there were that was a, a conspiracy theory and a rumor. And I think you can there's obviously lots of argument about like I've if, never if heard of that. That must it, be something you'd find in a book. It's <laughs> probably probably <laughs> they read write books about it. But that's I would say that is the most believable conspiracy theory in that I think it's kind of likely to be, have some truth to it. Okay. That was a great answer. <laughs> now I actually am very curious, and I'm gonna try to look it up on the internet or find a, a biography or a. a, a like I think a show there's some about, movies about it. Not a movie. What's a, what am I thinking of? A, 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 what's it called when they make a show that tells documentary? Us, documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would learn that if I had read a book. I'm gonna try to find a documentary about it or find some article on the internet, but not read a book about it. Last question. This is how we're gonna wrap up the show. This question comes from Angel. What is your life's theme song? Is this like what you, the song that you like to try to make your theme song? Or is this the, the song that you feel like most re- best, most, best represents most, you? Best represents I'm going to do one life. for Daniel too because I have a good one. Okay, do Daniel's. Okay, and this is like a, this is a throwback and it's pretty obscure. But maybe because you were in like involved in church and youth group when you were a teenager, you'll get it too. But do you remember the song sleep? No, I never get enough. I'm sick and I'm tired. Do you remember that song? No, I that's do not. Daniel's theme song sleep. No, I never get enough. That's Daniel's theme song. I'm going with that. Okay. But now you're looking up yours. Who's, no, who's, who sings Hold that? On, I'll find it. You tell me Riley Armstrong. Yeah. Uh, mine. So the one I, the one that I, no, I'm just going to say that it's, it's uh don't worry, be happy by, uh, just blanked out. Yes. It is a Riley arm. I don't even remember Riley Armstrong, but sleep. No, I never get enough. Always waking up tired sleep. No, I never get enough. If I don't show up, I might get fired. Yeah. That's the song. Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry. Be happy is what I try to that's a vibe. make my theme song. You have that vibe. Thank you. Have you have a don't worry. Be Thank happy you vibe. for years and years. That was my alarm song and it i i liked i felt like it was a really good reminder in the morning <laughs> it doesn't yeah. always work but yeah. it was always like uh you know i feel like it, it yeah basically you I, can't fix things by worrying about them you know what that's and, a, and it, it's hard to not that's try. a rock solid answer that's a really good answer obviously my theme song would be the man by aloe black <laughs> You can tell everybody I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Oh, Kaepernick's theme song. God, why did you go? <laughs> You're right, though. That was the first time I heard it was on that Kaepernick commercial. Oh, can I change my answer? No, you cannot. It's, it. it's locked in. Dang it. Well, I think, you know, we've had a lot of good conversation, and we really miss Daniel here today. Um, best wishes to Daniel. My co-host, my absentee co-host, Daniel Maternity Leave Hargrove, and my producer, Andrew don't worry. Be happy vibes. Gross. I'm Justin Domashevitz, 
And I didn't give myself a nickname. And I'm not used to reading your nickname and got confused. I, I'm skating without a nickname today. But He's I, this Justin No Regrets Domashevitz going all in on Mariano Rivera. Oh, hey. Yeah, this music has me feeling good. Mariano <laughs> Rivera is a bum. Overrated. You've been listening to the scrimmage. Justin out. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. How much of this can we play without getting sued? I don't know. (laughs) Be happy.